A wiser fellow than myself once said, Sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes, well, the bar, he eats you. A much wiser fellow than that guy once said, Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. The date was November 9th, 1997, in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, at the Molson Center, and the world of professional wrestling was about to experience one of its most controversial and seminal moments of all time. In the months that would follow, Bret the Hitman Hart would find his way to WCW, Shawn Michaels would become a standout star in the WWF, and the Attitude Era would begin, and the Monday Night Wars would rage on. Today on WrestleLore, we discuss the industry-changing moment that is the Montreal Screwjob. Oh, hey, and welcome to the Wrestle Lore Podcast. If there is a song that sums up the two of us, your host, Mr. Ethan Sandoval. He is a sexy boy. And myself. Oh, it is great. It's a great song. I'm always a little partial to the Sensational Sherry version, but you know, I figured that's the one he had. During the event that we're going to be talking about here today, which yep, is, yep, of yep. course, the Montreal Screwjob. One of the most legendary moments in all of professional wrestling. Yeah. Does so much. And today we're going to break it down for you. For people that have no idea what we're talking about, this is uh, going to be one of those linchpin moments. Or, let me foreshadow, let me say, is it a linchpin moment? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I don't know. Maybe it isn't. It is a seminal moment. A seminal moment. Well, anything that involves <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and uh, Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon. Uh, seminal moments. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we've, we've said here on the WrestleLore podcast that we want to um, try to be inclusive to those people that know nothing about professional wrestling. Yep, yep. Today we are going to talk about one of the most important uh, events uh, or at least most talked about events in the history of professional wrestling, and that is the Montreal Screwjob in 1997 at Survivor Series mm-hmm. in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, and we want to get a few things out of the way, a few little terms that you're going to hear and we're going to talk about. And uh, first of all, you got to know the difference between a work and a shoot. And you got to remember to never work yourself into it's, a shoot, brother. Okay, so Ethan, what is a shoot? A shoot is something that's real. Um, so if you hear us say he was shooting, uh, that does not mean he brought a gun, unless we're talking about Pillman. Um, that means that what happened was real. If, you, if it, was, it was a shoot fight, it was a real fight. And then a work. A work is, well, you're getting worked. Uh, yeah. These are all these are all terms. Um, shoot doesn't really come from the carnival world, but work does. Work does. And... Um, you know, and a, a carny barker, mm-hmm. uh, that's, they're working you, you know, like they're trying to get you to come up and play their games and all that fun stuff. Karn Anderson. Yes. And uh, so uh, the bigger thing that all this uh, plays into is kayfabe. Kayfabe, yeah. Kayfabe yep. is uh, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E, kayfabe. You might see it as a director on some of the 90s WWE uh, films yes. in the credits. K. 
kayfabe. Yeah. Kayfabe. Um, but think of kayfabe as, you know... The fourth wall. The fourth wall, the story. Um, it's You're not supposed to, at least you weren't used to supposed to, uh, as a uh, professional wrestling fan, find your way... Uh, into the world of kayfabe outside of it. I mean, you were supposed to think that it was all real. And yeah. this is going to change uh, quite a bit here um, with the Montreal Screwjob. And some might say this is the moment where kayfabe, you know, is put on life support and will eventually yeah. completely die. So the Montreal Screwjob. Yep. Uh, let's let's. Oh, see. by the way, yeah. what other term? Uh, jobbing. Jobbing is, yes. is 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 something. Jobbing is something that just. Talking about Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, we might need to bring up jobs. Yes, doing a, doing the job means that you're just going to lose, basically. Yeah. Like uh, you're jobbing out to someone. Um, typically, um, guys that you know, you start your career off jobbing a lot, yeah. uh, and you know, as you become more famous, uh, you don't really want to ever job out to yeah. anybody. Uh, and that's going to be one of the biggest points of contention here in the Montreal Screw Job, is that. Uh, when we talk about these two wrestlers, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. oh boy, they do not like each other. No, and are. that's a shoot, brother. That that's is a, a shoot. shoot. They legit do not like they one another. They hate each other. Now, I think, um, let's just, for a moment here, uh, let's let's lay in this, uh, this video that we, we just watched this before the podcast, but yep. I thought it was a good idea to lay this in. This is, uh, we don't know what year this is from. I'm guessing it's probably 2017, uh, based upon the wrestlers that are in it. But this is a video. Uh, no, oh, it's no. not. It's got to be older than oh, that that's because, because Sant- it's got clean. It's Santino, yeah, and it's got a clean face Daniel Bryan. Oh, okay. So I have maybe it's the twenty fifth anniversary or something. Yeah, which would have been twenty twelve. Yeah, that could be. That could have been the case. So here's a video. Uh, this was pumping up a Survivor Series. Uh, we don't know what year it's from, um, but this was put out uh, by Directv of all people, and uh, it's from. It's about the Montreal Screw Job. Give you a little audio from it and some wrestler takes. Ah, the classic WWE. Always, now, and forever. Then. Oh, then. One of the most famous things I can remember was the Montreal Screwjob. Santino Morello. A Canadian man. I'm a big fan of Bret the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels, and I can't believe what went down with the Montreal Screwjob. Bret loved that title, though. Oh, yeah. This match was a long journey in itself. Licks and come off the You will never, ever see it again. The story that unfolded, the rivalry between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Kofi As Kong a fan watching this, I had no idea what was going on as it was happening. Look at this! Oh, you're kidding me. Michaels, are you going to beat Bret Hart with a sharpshooter? Yes, he is! Watching it go down, and as a fan, you, you it kind of blended the lines of reality and, and who was the winner, and everyone was confused. Are you kidding me? Fuck you, Earl. <laughs> and uh, I remember watching this personally saying, I don't think I saw him taps. I was as shocked as Bret the Hitman Hart was, uh, but I was not quite as upset. Then as things unfolded and history shit, was well, made, 
we find out he didn't act. What happened? What happened? Bret Hart gave up on a sharpshooter. You saw Bret Hart go to town. He destroyed the set. He was spitting in the air. He was writing WCW, and you knew something big was going on. Wow, you talk about controversy. This crowd is living. I would have done whatever I had to do, so I, 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 I can't go on either side of that. I take Sarah care William of myself, Rico. and that's all there is to it. Uh, the Montreal screw job really made me hate Vince McMahon because I loved Bret Hart. And just the idea that that Bret got screwed and that Vince was the one who did it, and it just made me think, God, gosh, what, this guy's such a, uh, I would never want to work for this guy. Michaels with a sharpshooter has become champion, and Bret Hart is standing in disbelief. I never thought I'd see Bret Hart in another WWE ring ever again. Ladies and gentlemen, good night from Montreal. All right, folks. So there you have some audio from the Montreal screw job. Yep, yep, yep. This moment that we're going to tell you about. So let's let's tell the folks what happened. Just what straight up happened. What was going on, Ethan? So, you know, there's there's these two guys. This is Sean Michaels. And then, and then there's Bret Hart. Bret Hart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're very important. They're key players in the story. And then um, they, as we said, uh, hated each other so much. Um, but they were the two top guys in the company, so they worked together a lot. A lot. The, this is like, boy, I, I don't know, in the world of music, I, I guess it's like the police, you know, Sting and... And all those guys hate each other, but they just come when they come together. They good, come. good current reference. Yes, good current reference. Uh, okay, let's say uh, Oasis. No, let's see. Uh, boy, uh, what's, oh, let's see the Platters. The Platters. Uh, Man, what is? Uh, I don't. Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, a uh, Van Halen. I don't know. I, I got nothing in the last decade. Okay, okay let's say um, that. Uh, you know, it's it's essentially just the action hero and the movie villain, and they have to work together. That's true. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, you Except know, they're both dicks. Yeah, this is uh, I don't know, like uh, maybe there's a comic book reference. McGruber, like uh, you know. Uh, no wait, no, that's not it. Hans Gruber. <laughs> Hans Gruber. <laughs> okay. And if Die Hard and Hans Gruber had to work together, yeah. If, if I, Mc, I know he's John McClane. I know he's not Die Hard, but you know. Yeah, if John McClane. Yeah. Hans Gruber had to work together okay. every day. <laughs> every day. Uh, at the top of their game, both of these guys, at, at the height of really their, their popularity, in, yeah. in the year 1997. So what we got going on here, um, the, in the backstory to this, and, and what happens in the match, though, let's just say what happens in the match. Um, Brett the Hitman Hart is getting ready to leave WWF um, for WCW, and, and I can say WWF today because we are dealing with the Federation yes, era. Yes, this is not this is this is pre pre E, yeah. uh, but uh, Bret Hart is getting ready to leave the WWF uh, yes. for WCW, yeah, their number one competition, their number one competition, and uh, he's the current champion, and that's a problem. Yeah, because you can't have that belt go to WCW. Yeah, and so he's got to drop the belt. Basically, he needs to relinquish the belt. Well, Vince wants to put it on Shawn Michaels, and there really wasn't anyone else at the time you could have legitimately put it on. Not really, no. Uh, I mean, nineteen ninety seven is not a good time for the WWF. Yeah, like, like a lot of their biggest stars are still like on the up and up. 
Yeah, we're we're not quite, uh, you know, um, we're not like peak. You, Stone Cold, The Rock. Yeah, this is this is before that, and this is sort of that moment um, that is going to uh, lead us down that path because it's yeah. going to have a very so, the one key thing, and I'll, I'll just hint about it, is that there's going to be a very important character that is created because of the Montreal Screw Job. Yes. Um, now, the match goes on, and allegedly, depending on who. Uh, you 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 believe Brett had been warned by other pro wrestlers that there was might be a screw job in the air. Yeah. Uh, I believe Vader was one of the uh, people that said, "Hey, look, this happens in in Japan Japan all the time. You need yeah. to don't get on your back. Don't let him put a submission move on." And and what ends up happening is um, Shawn Michaels uh, puts on Bret Hart's submission move, which yeah. is the sharpshooter. the sharpshooter because he's the hitman because he's the hitman Hart and. Uh, Vince McMahon, who happens to be at the ring, has them ring the bell. Yeah. And Brett never tapped out and nope. drops the belt. Now, if I'm not mistaken, okay. the story goes that Brett didn't want to drop it at Survivor Series. He was willing to drop it the next night on Raw, but he didn't want to drop it on Survivor Series because it was in Montreal. So my understanding is, yes, and you know, this is one of those things in wrestling lore that has all sorts of uh, intrigue behind it. Yeah. But um, some people say that Brett was just unwilling to lose a match to Shawn Michaels yes. for the belt. And, and it, I it, mean, Shawn yeah, deserves it. Yeah, and, and, and Shawn Michaels, and we'll get into these participants here in just a little mm. bit. But nevertheless, in this moment, the bell is rang. The belt is given to Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels does his best to look like, oh, I, I don't know what just happened, and doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's you know not a great actor. Uh, if you've ever seen his uh, movies, not a great actor. The Marine Four. Oh, is he in the Marine? I, I, I was just thinking about the country music one that he was in. I, no, uh, he's, in, he's in the Marine with The Miz. So, future seminal moment, we have to watch The Marine. <laughs> There's so many. There's like six of them. So, none of them are Shawn Michaels acts like he doesn't know what's going on. Brett the Hitman Hart is is if so. Here's where we get into the debate, mm-hmm. like, and uh, if this is a work or a shoot, and people will look and interpret the actions after the bell rings uh, and try to determine whether or not it's a work or shoot. Brett uh, starts tearing up everything at ringside. Um, he starts air miming WCW in uh, in the air because he he's getting spits in, Vince McMahon's, spits in face. Vince McMahon's face, and some people will look at this and say, "Well, that's clear indication that this is a shoot because here's this guy who'd otherwise been a very, you know, calm fellow, reserved, and now he's just breaking all sorts of rules at yep. the end of this match." Others will look at it and say, "If this is really a shoot." Yeah. Why in the world are they keeping the camera on? That's true. To allow Brett the Hitman Hart to advertise where he is getting ready to go, which yeah. is, and we often remember that people knew Brett was leaving. Yeah. This is the not, it's the early days of the internet, but you know, not super early days. So there's message boards and everything else. People knew that Brett had signed with WCW. Um, the altercation goes backstage, mm-hmm. where. Um, well, the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, a man that you do not like as a wrestler. As we no, he's very, boring. he's very boring. Uh, he tries to calm Brett down and 
the the Undertaker, who is a force du jour in the locker room, is upset because he thinks Brett's been screwed, and he f- allegedly forces Vince McMahon to have a meeting with Brett afterwards. Yeah. And uh, at this meeting, what happens at the meeting? Uh, Vince McMahon gets punched in the goddamn face. <laughs> yes, as Brett will say it, he gives him a textbook Mike Tyson uppercut. Yeah. And the hyperbole around this uppercut is everywhere. Um, people say that it lifts Vince off his feet and he rolls his ankle from it and, mm-hmm. and what have you. Um, from what I remember, the story that I heard was Brett went to go take a shower. And he said to Vince, if you're back, he's still here, when I get out of the shower, I'm punching you in the fucking face. Yeah, and I, I've heard that story too. And that's the thing. There are so many stories. And, yeah. You know, we're, we're dealing with something here that has become... We're also dealing with wrestlers. <laughs> we're also dealing with wrestlers. And so you honestly do not know. Yeah. Because the number one rule in wrestling is to put yourself over. Yeah. So even if you're talking about something that is... 20 years old and you're a 25 year old wrestler yeah you want to have a take on this that yeah. puts you in some camp either i'm a brett guy i'm a vince guy i'm a michaels guy mm-hmm. I, I believe this or i oh there's no way that this would ever be a, a shoot or, or a work or whatever because you know they would never brett would never do that that's Ooh. what we're dealing with in pro wrestling is yeah. uh, how how do we find the truth in these uh these instances Okay, so that's what happened. Bret Hart is seemingly screwjobbed out of the world title. Mm-hmm. He leaves the WWF. Um, ho- well, sadly, we will see him again in the WWE. And oh, it, boy, it, is it sad. And by that point, uh, he is uh, not in the best part of his career. Oh, he's that. had the strokes. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's he's suffered at the hands of Goldberg or well the feet of Goldberg yeah. and things like that. So um another thing that lets some people make some people think this was a work is that Brett does eventually find his way back um to uh, the WWE. Yeah, but it's f- what 15 20 it years is. later. But you also have to factor in the thing that was probably more personal to Brett, <laughs> which is the death of his brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, mm. Bret Hart's brother is Owen Hart, who will die um, yeah. as the Blue Blazer. Uh, was it two thousand one? Mm. Or is, no, it's ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah. So, all right, now let's talk about the guys that are involved in this. <sighs> Sorry, what, so, <laughs> folks, here's one of those things we're gonna tell you about, and this is what makes wrestling so amazing. Yeah, everyone. He is trash. Everyone is trash. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> in the world of professional wrestling is absolute garbage. They are. I think, oh. I think with the exception of like, I believe Bobby Eaton, I yeah. think beautiful Bobby Eaton is beloved by everybody in the world. Yeah. Uh, and apparently mean Gene was pretty good. Oh, and Mang. Oh, Mang. Yes. Mang. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Other than yeah. that, everybody is pretty much trash, has some uh, skeletons in their closet. Mm-hmm. But the two men we're talking about are Brett, the Hitman Hart, mm-hmm. and Sean, the Heartbreak Kid Michaels. Yeah. Two guys who could not be more different mm. in personality, charisma, yeah, yeah. move sets, backgrounds, yeah. their rise to power, their rise to fame, what they've done with it, everything else. Just polar opposites to one another. Yeah. But at the time, in 1997, mm-hmm. the two biggest stars in yeah. the World Wrestling Federation. So... Yeah. Um, I, I think I already know, but let's start with Brett. 
What's your thoughts on Brett there, Ethan? Polar Brett. So, Brett uh, is a fairly technical wrestler. Uh, technical wrestler is a good way to say boring. I, I like a lot of technical wrestlers, like Chris Benoit and Angle and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But his style is very much mat-based. You know, Ethan, if any, if anyone ever says after you've done making love with them that was some really technical love making yeah yeah not very good i, I mean if i put that pussy in a sleeve hole <laughs> i don't know that you want to do that that doesn't I sound would be, that'd be very difficult okay. um but anyway <laughs> to me brett the hitman hearts wrestling style is the equivalent of just human he's had good matches. human xanax I, I but he's born i see i think his personality is what is so boring. Well, and maybe that, that you know, when it comes to wrestling, I am so much more a uh, story guy than yeah. an action guy. But, you know. Yeah. But, See, and I like the technical aspect okay. somewhat, um, but he's so goddamn boring. Um, and uh, he was, you know, Heart, Heart Foundation, raised in the Heart Dungeon, yes, which the, is in Canada. The Now, you don't hear this up... You don't hear this too much anymore. Uh, the WWE doesn't bring it up too much anymore. But Stu Hart and the Hart Dungeon. This is yeah. this is where this, from all accounts and that I've Stampede, heard, Calgary Stampede yeah, Wrestling, Calgary Stampede Wrestling. But from all accounts that I've heard, just an insane gentleman, Stu Hart. Just oh yeah, like, yeah, like, crazy. Like uh, just would put wrestlers through trials and tribulations that were just mm-hmm. unnecessary. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, like why feeding them like cat food and bad things is like a part of training for pro wrestling but very know. very famously well, not very famously but somewhat famously uh the character sal bandini from the movie ready to rumble okay is based off of Stu Hart. all right okay so uh, another seminal moment we'll have to watch ready to rumble i oh my god yes <laughs> okay I love that movie. We will, we will maybe get uh, one of our other pop culturist uh, comedians on to talk about Ready to Rumble. God damn it, maybe so... one that knows nothing about wrestling and maybe only learned it from Ready to Rumble. So I need this in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all need this in our lives. It's so good. All right, so, so Brett the Hitman Hart, Stu Hart, legendary dungeon, technical wrestler, but as Ethan has alluded to, the man has the charisma of a corpse. All the Fantastic Four movies rolled away. Yeah, he's like, so boring. He's so bland. When he's a baby face, he's a white meat baby face. When he's a heel, he just hates America. Yeah, that's his gimmick. And and, and some of that is, I think Brett could have had a a good run as a heel if they wouldn't have made him a Canadian nationalist. Yeah, which is what they Canada sucks. Yeah, which is what <laughs> they do. Um, but yeah, because. Yes, that can Canada US right. I mean, I know it plays. It's played in wrestling for a long time. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it usually is like making a fool of the Canadians, but yeah. yet Bret Hart's like one of the, you know, supposedly the best in the world and you're it's like, okay, well, yeah. You couldn't have him just like hate something else like, yeah. I don't know. Um now Bret uh, grew up as we said, came came to WWE I think in 1984, 85. Yeah, he's, he's been around early. for a long time. Been around for a long time. It was Hart Foundation, him and Jim the Anvil Nightheart paired with Jimmy Hart, no relation. Yeah. Um had their run of the tag team division where they uh, you know, uh, would eventually separate. I don't remember their separation being anything. I don't I think it was just like Anvil's gone. I yeah, was like Anvil's that. gone, which is not the same for how Shawn Michaels became 
a single star, Ooh, which is another yeah. one of the most uh, you know talked about moments in the shop. Yeah, history of pro wrestling. Um, but Brett works his way up. He becomes the guy yeah. after Hogan leaves, uh, after Hogan sort of fell out of favor. Yeah, like 91, 92, yeah. WrestleMania 9. And uh, my understanding, he became champion after um, sort of Ric Flair had come over to the WWF. Mm-hmm. And Flair was having some injury problems. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you know, Brett's a great worker. He can make everybody look good. Let's give him a shot. Yeah. And really, for the next four or five years, he's going to be in the main event picture. Here's, yeah. Here is, you know, this Canadian Brett the Hitman Hart. Decent theme song. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Uh, cool, cool sunglasses. Cool sunglasses. Great kids jacket. Gave, oh, okay. So you may know this Brett the Hitman Hart from the guy that used to give out his glasses. I mean, yeah. that's that's where some people know him, you know? Yeah. Um, I always, always thought bitch those were... Jacket. Bitch and Jacket. Bitch and Jacket. so... Anyway. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just want the production meeting. All right, here's what we want. Yeah. We want this Canadian, big Canadian guy. Yeah. First of all, he's going to wear pink and black. Yeah. All right, great. Second of all, let's give him a jacket so loud that Michael Jackson wouldn't even wear it in the 1980s. Dude. <laughs> but it's so cool. Like, it's such a cool. It's like Sergeant Pepper and the Lonely Hearts but Club. But that's the problem though. He's got more charisma in his jacket and his sunglasses than he has in his body or any interview or any promo he's ever. Bobby had. Rude. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, so he's great in the ring. He's got all that. At the same time, the other rising star that was coming up through the ranks, and he's going to hit a little bit later than that. Yeah. 93, 94. Is Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Shawn Famously, Mike. originally, Shawn Hagenbottom. Well, that's his real name. Yeah. 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 That's his real... Turns out, turns out fans don't like to chant Higginbottom. Yeah. You know. Higginbottom sounds like a, I don't know, like a, a, a town I don't want to go to in You know Kentucky. what's the worst? Shoot wrestler name is no, what is it? Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Richard Blood. Uh, oh, well, that's not, that's not a bad name, though. Dick Blood. Yeah, okay. his name is Dick Blood. Well, he could have finished every match with a dick kick, yeah, yeah, be good. Dick kick also, City. he named his son Richard Blood because well, he's an asshole. True, wrestled really late into life, though, yeah, not, not dead, yeah, so that's something. Look yeah. at that great arm drag, anyways. Right. So, now here's here's where. I think in retrospect, yeah. if you'd have asked me when I was a kid, if I was a Brett or a Sean guy, yeah. I would have told you I'm a Brett guy. Yeah. And that's probably because I was a kid. Yeah. And now you have only ever experienced this through, um, you know, going back, going and back and watching it. You know, you're not little like 11 year old mm-hmm. uh, future, you know, Devo sitting there going, oh, I want those glasses one day. Oh, they're so cool. Uh, and all I see is this arrogant prick who is Shawn Michaels, who, to his credit, his entire character is basically his character, which is arrogant prick. He was yeah. never, even when, even when he was a face, mm-hmm. is as the part of the Rockers, mm-hmm. which was a team main a team that he was part of in the uh, late '80s in the WWF, who was there to compete with the Rock and Roll Express. Basically, they were yeah. the WWF's knockoff version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just an arrogant prick, yeah. and then after he became a single star. An arrogant prick. Yeah. And then, whenever DX came around, an arrogant prick. Yeah. Later, well, no, well, hold on. He was he was originally a boring arrogant prick. Okay. Then yeah. he was a male stripper arrogant oh, prick. Okay. 
And then he was a childish, arrogant prick. Okay. And then now he's like a born-again born Christian, Christian arrogant prick? I don't know. Like, born-again Christian with the worst fashion sense of any human I've ever seen. He wore a oh. tie with a t-shirt. Uh, no. It, no. I, I, I know what his fashion is. Yeah. He is... He just shops at Love's Travel Shop. Yeah, yeah. Like, if he goes into a Love's or a Flying J or wherever you are in the country. He's and he, ridiculous. He finds the worst cowboy hat possibly. Worst, or, or camouflage baseball oh, cap. Cam- well, so again, uh, any truck stop yeah, in yeah. America. And he thinks that is uh, the best. Yeah. yeah. And then he always wears Levi jeans. But like the Chuck Norris <laughs> action jeans yes. that's got the stretchy part <laughs> in the middle. Like, that's what he wears. <laughs> And then he either wears, <laughs> he then he wears a leather, leather cowboy vest <laughs> over camouflage T-shirt. That is this man, and he's wearing uh, wingtip cowboy boots. It is. It is so. It's so sad that he's so so religious now because he should be in like Magic Mike, whatever number they're <laughs> oh on. Oh my god! As just so... like was it because Kevin Nash was in a Magic Mike? I yeah, yeah, Kevin Nash was yeah, in the original yeah, Magic Mike. Yeah. Um, uh, big sexy. He big, was big, yeah Tarzan. Yeah, that was his name. So Shawn Michaels also rose through WWF as a tag team wrestler. Yeah, and then in one of the most famous moments. He separates from his partner, Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty. Oh, poor Marty Jannetty. Ah. Yeah, well, also by all accounts, horrible human being. <laughs> uh, like, I was trying to, I don't know, there was some really weird, sketchy stuff with Marty Jannetty oh, not yeah. too long ago. Uh, I have to look that up. I think it had something to do with constantly calling, saying how sexy his daughter was, but I'm not 100% no, sure. No, yeah, I know there was like an, there was something with his daughter about like them being estranged. Oh, okay. I don't know. I haven't heard that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he puts an, on the barber shop, which was a, a spot on wrestling hosted by Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yes, wrestling is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Marty Janetti is poor. Marty Janetti's just standing there, and then all of a sudden, his beloved tag team partner decides he's going to cast off that dead weight. <laughs> tunes up the band and super kicks Marty Janetti through the plate glass window. Well. Or the other, the other argument is that Marty Jannetty jumped through the plate glass well, window. Yeah. <laughs> That's a work. That's that, a work. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely a work. That yep. is a work. Brother. Turns out, uh, attempted murder most yeah. times in the in the WWF is a is a is a, is a work. Most mm-hmm. times. Most times. Most times. Uh, maybe not on uh, air flights. Uh, yeah. Where no. you can, no, no. Um, so he then goes into singles career. Uh, I, I always associated that early career with the Intercontinental title. Yep. Intercontinental, um, Razor Ramon, legend, le- ladder yeah. matches. Le- legendary. Uh, and, oh, well, that's the thing. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, first ever ladder match. They, it was actually before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. was at a, it was a funny name. I can't remember. It was like WrestleFester. Or not, not yeah. Wrestle, it was something like that. It was like, oh no, the wrestling challenge, I think is what yep. it's called. In 92, the first ever ladder match. And think about that, man. A ladder match. There's, there's a pay-per-view now yeah. dedicated just to ladder matches. And Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are the two guys that innovated that match, yeah. at least in the, the big stage. Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone had done it somewhere else in some small promotion. Yeah. But he rises through the ranks, and next thing you know, he's butting heads with Bret Hart. And these two, um, they are just... Hate isn't a strong enough word for these two men. 
Also, we need to talk about okay. how much of a piece of shit Shawn Michaels is okay. at this time. Okay. Because, because listen, Brett's a dick. He's yeah. an annoying, whiny dick. Shawn Michaels is a coked out, and this is all real, what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. This is not. This is, this this is, is, in, you can go read this in his book. Yeah. yeah. Shawn Michaels is a coked out, arrogant, uh, drinking before shows, showing up late. Um, getting into fights with Marines at bars. <laughs> um, just the... Oh, it's so bad. It's so awful. He's a piece of shit. Like, he gets mad at Vader one time and makes Vader cry. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know who Vader is, uh, a very large man who apparently did not like the babe very much. Yeah, no, he was very stinky. Very stinky. But big, big Van Vader, who's tough as shit, by the way. Like, he got his eye popped out in the middle of a match and, kept and smacked it back into his, uh, into his eye socket and then finished the match. And for all of you old people out there, like me, he was he played uh, some kid's dad on Boy Meets World. Back he did. In, yeah. He was in Boy Meets World. There you go. So, um, but so yeah. more about this asshole and just general horrible human being that is Shawn Michaels. Yeah, he's a Shawn, scumbag. Shawn Michaels, if you're listening, uh, please be on our podcast. <laughs> you, hey, 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 you're no longer a piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, you're no longer a piece of shit. But you, you were. Yeah, you know. Hey, we, we've all been there. You're like, man, I was a real piece of shit. He did there. pose for Playgirl. Uh, that is true, and we'll talk about that in just a second, because that is going to uh, lead to a... Uh, a pretty important moment in this lead up that's going to lead to a screw job. Yeah. So, um, what else about Shawn Michaels? He's the worst. <laughs> he's just generally like threatening to get people fired because they mess up a move in a match. Shawn Michaels, I, I think you you equate him for me mm-hmm. like it, Bret Hart is. <sighs> you remember that guy who bought that pharmaceutical company? And then hiked up the prices. Martin Shkreli. Shkreli, yeah. That is Shawn Michaels. See, I was going to go with, like, um, Bret Hart is, like, 80s Bono, mm. where he's annoying and kind of an arrogant asshole, but he's, like, got his heart in the right place. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shawn Michaels is, like, I don't know, any hair metal lead singer. He's yeah. like David Lee Roth. He is just, like, complaining about everything, having his way. If it's not, if it's not exactly how he wants it, just... Yeah. Definition of a prima donna. Yeah, and and for anyone who's not seventy four, Shawn, <laughs> Shawn Michaels is the lead singer of Nickelback, <laughs> and Brett or Wait. Martin Shkreli. No, or Martin Shkreli. So then, who's Bret Hart? Huh? Bret oh, okay. Hart is Justin Bieber. <laughs> okay. He's whiny. Canadian. Nobody likes him. Canadian. Hot wife. <laughs> Uh, big dong, big dong. Huge. I, I assume. I assume. I don't know. I, 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 I assume. I've he, seen Beavers. I have I not ass, seen Bret Hart. I assume Bret Hart has the what's the the fucking uh, the Calgary Hitmen. His uh, hockey, his hockey team. team yeah. I assume he has their logo tattooed on his dick. Uh, probably. Uh, maybe he's got like a hockey stick that just like yeah. gets bigger <laughs> as he gets. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Shawn Michaels. Not a great guy. Uh, just and okay, so you brought it up. So let's talk about it. Shawn Michaels is, um, I guess, good looking to someone. He's in eighties shape. He's got like a hairy chest. Yeah. He's got like a long ponytail. 
Um, he's got, he's got like, um, you ever run across an old photo of your dad that he was trying to like bang your mom? <laughs> and so he took a really hot, attractive photo. Uh, no. <laughs> So, uh, so Ethan is listen. Some, my my is family is, is there something we need to talk about here? We have scrapbooks. <laughs> okay, uh, I know another podcast you might want to go on to talk about these things. See, uh, no, um, I've never found that on my okay, but anyways, but anyways, but Sean's got like he's got like somewhat of a body. He's got like biceps. Yeah, I, he's I'm, got a, yeah. a decently defined. He doesn't have like six pack. You or know, anything like he's that. not. I, this is maybe not a. He's, he's a. He's a. He's a California five, but he's a wrestling nine. Okay. So I would say that I would just call him like, you know, he's like, he's, he's got that chip and Dale's thunder down under, yeah. you know, he, he's there. He's and, not attractive enough to be like a movie star, but he is attractive enough to like, you know, you go watch him and the lights are kind of dim. And, uh, so he, in, uh, I guess it was in 1997 cause they're going to bring it up in their, uh, mm. feud. But he poses for the female equivalent of Playboy, which was... Playgirl. Playgirl. Now, I don't 100% know that the audience for Playgirl was uh, all ladies, but, uh, you know, this is something that Bret Hart is going to get out. And if you ask Bret, Bret will say, I went to Shawn Michaels and uh, I said, uh, hey, Shawn, I'm going to go bring up your Playgirl uh, photo shoot in the ring. And uh, and he says, uh, Shawn gave him his blessing and all this stuff. And so Brett goes out and he says, we in the WWF, we need a champion that's got honor and all this yeah. stuff and not someone that's like this boy toy posing in, in, in the Playgirl magazine and all this stuff. Yeah. And then allegedly, Shawn Michaels, and again, you know, this is where you get into that work shoot type mm-hmm. stuff. Allegedly, Shawn Michaels did not take that promo very well. Yeah. He was, uh, to use the parlance of three years ago, butthurt about yeah. this promo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you know how he responded with his promo? What did he go do? This oh. is a little quiz. I don't know. Okay, so, Shawn Michaels... Oh, wait, is this the Canadian flag incident? No, I don't okay. know. Shawn Michaels then goes on to give his own promo, I believe the following week, mm-hmm. in which he says that Brett has had some sunny days recently. Oh, yeah, I remember Thus this. alluding to the fact that Bret Hart, who is, uh, by all accounts, happily married to someone else, yeah. has been canoodling with a manager in the WWF called Sonny. Yeah. And oh, another thing we need to watch. Seminal moment. <laughs> Seminal moment. Sunny side up. Her porn film. Oh, okay. No, we do not okay. need to watch that. We'll just back to back it, it with... Is, it is well past her prime. We will just back to back it with uh, One Night in China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I would rather watch Big Dick now, Johnson's sex my tape. understanding mm-hmm. is that it's this promo mm-hmm. that makes Brett not want to drop the title to Sean. Yeah, just the because, general dickery. Well, the general dickery, but like this is the moment where Brett feels that Sean has gone over the line. He's now causing him problems at home yeah. with his wife, which I mean, even though wives and girlfriends and all this stuff get brought in the storylines all the time, you're never really supposed sometimes to kids. sometimes kids, sometimes kids winning the contract to someone's son. Yeah. Uh, but you're never supposed to like sort of 
bring that those type of hard times onto yeah. a guy. By those the, hard times. Those, yes, I know. Those are hard times. And so, Shawn Michaels now has uh, done what Brett considers to be the unthinkable. He's brought his family into this. Yeah. And also, Brett's like. Also, Sean is like screwed over Brett's brother-in-law, Davy Boy. Yeah. Like Davy Boy's sister was battling cancer, and they did a show, and he said, "I'm going to dedicate this win to my sister who's battling cancer." Mm-hmm. And he was wrestling Sean for the European title, and then Sean goes to Vince McMahon and says, "Hey, Vince, we should do this like Grand Slam thing." Or I'll have won every major title, and so I'll win at this show. And Vince goes, "Sounds great." So at this at this show, where Davy Boy has dedicated this fucking win to his sister who's dying of cancer, loses because Sean's a dickhead. Yeah, there is no question about it. Like, if you are putting these guys up a Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. And you're just ticking off boxes. And, it, and it's a who's a better human being category, race. It is definitely Bret Hart. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. As we've already alluded to, Bret Hart has gotten a pass. And I think it's only been in the last couple of years yeah. that we've started to see more and more people come out and say, you know, uh, maybe Bret was a little bit too concerned about Bret. That's in all true. Of this. And... Um, so Brett was very concerned about pr- protecting his image and all of this. Yeah. And, you know, he is, to his account, to his credit, an old school, you know, he was a believer in kayfabe. He was, you know, he was trying to toe the line. He, as you alluded to, was willing to drop the title. Yeah. Although he wanted to just relinquish it on Monday night. Yeah. And <laughs> instead, on Monday night, we get a uh, the Monday night afterward, uh, and we'll get to the fall later. We get an interview with Vince McMahon yeah. and saying the classic line that we started off with here today: "Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart." Yeah. Now, all right, so we've laid all this out. Um, why it happens? I think we need to go into it a little bit just uh, to clear some of this up. Why is Bret Hart leaving? the WWF at this time. Because WCW got that paper. Okay. They so, got money. So, and this is this is a narrative that most people think about and they think that, all right, WCW has stolen Bret Hart away. Yeah. And that's not actually the case, though. Yeah. What had happened is uh, a year or so prior, mm-hmm. um, Vince McMahon had signed Bret Hart to a 20-year deal yeah. worth $1.5 million a year for 20 years. Yeah. Now let's think about that. Yeah. That means that like in like 2016, yeah. <laughs> Brett would still be getting a million five yeah. from the WWE. I mean, it's not the first time that Vince has made that dumb yeah. fucking choice. But then yeah. the ratings start to go down for the WWE because the WCW is now coming at them hard because while this is going on, They've had the formation of the NWO over yeah. in the WCW, and they're winning the ratings war. On top of this, this is a time when the WWF is about to go and to be a publicly traded company. Yeah. They are gearing up for that, and so Vince needs to save money, and he goes to Brett and he says, Brett, I really can't afford to honor that contract. Yeah. Now, Brett could have right then and there been like, well, screw you. Yeah. Uh, you signed a contract, you owe me $1.5 million for the next 20 years. Yeah. Instead, he says, all right, 
I will see what WCW will offer. And that's when WCW swoops in. But so it's not necessarily, I think it always gets painted that, you know, this is a WCW trying to steal. They wanted Bret Hart, obviously. And, and, um, some people said that the fear and why the whole screw job takes place is it's not because Vince didn't trust Bret. Vince didn't think that Bret was going to go, would take the belt to WCW and do an Alondra blaze and dump it in a, uh, a Medusa or whatever you want to call her, dump it in the trash can. He thinks that Eric Bischoff is going to do something with this storyline. Now, Meanwhile, this is not a good time for the WWF. No, they're they are losing the rating wars. They're in a bad way. If you have even a, a tertiary knowledge of pro wrestling, you maybe have heard of the Monday Night Wars or at least the New World Order. Yeah. And the New World Order is raging on over on WCW TV. Uh, people are tuning in every night. Their programming is live, whereas the WWF's isn't live. And it's just a fresher product. It's a it's a new, edgier, extreme thing. And the WWF just doesn't have that yet. Yeah. But that's what's going to make this so important. Yeah. So, do you think we? What do you think we need to? Anything else we need to explain about the screw job before we go on here? Before we talk about the fallout uh, and why? Uh, why this is a seminal event? I mean, we should address that there have been. Before this, there have been like only two really, really prominent moments where kayfabe has been dropped. Okay. And the first one is the steroid scandal. Steroid scandal. Which was in 91. Yeah. Famously, Vince, in front of a council, said professional wrestling is not real. And that is a very um, important uh, thing to... Because it's like the first time ever... That a, a higher up from a company had ever said that. So that's one thing that happened. And then the other time is the curtain call, which is another thing we will definitely talk about. Where two good guys and two bad guys who were supposedly, you know, fighting each other in real life were um, really good friends. And two of them were leaving. So after they had a match, they hugged in the ring. Shawn Michaels was involved in this. Shawn Michaels is involved. Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Triple H. Triple H. All the click, yeah. as they were called. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are leaving, and Shawn Michaels mm, and, and Triple, Triple H are staying, and they're all super close. They ride together, best friends. And so after the match, Scott Hall and Kevin, Scott Hall and Shawn are bad guys i believe yeah and then nash and triple h are good guys and then they hug and it gets caught on this is the early this is like 1996 so it's like early early internet early like you know digital camera footage type thing yeah it's uh this is going to you know those are kayfabe breaking moments um now you know Let's let's get this out of the way. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this, yeah. and I don't think this is a seminal moment because it breaks kayfabe. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so, yeah. uh, because I think you can look at it whether or not you think it's a work or a shoot. People think, oh, the big thing is it breaks kayfabe. It exposes the industry. I well, so but it's still a seminal moment. Yeah. But it's not because of the fact that it's breaking cable. Yeah, which is where I think a lot of people put it. And I'm going to say that it is a seminal moment because 
it creates what is one of the most important characters to all of WWE programming since this moment, which is Mr. McMahon. Yeah. It creates when, when you th- if you know anything about professional wrestling or just like oh wait just we okay. are talking about the Montreal Screwjob Montreal Screwjob not yeah. the not, 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 yeah. not the the other moment with the hugs and everything I, no 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 not that, not that that's yeah. the curtain call that's the curtain call yeah um, this is the Montreal Screwjob and yes um, it does create Vince McMahon Mister McMahon if if you think if like if you think you know who Vince McMahon is yeah the character. He was not that character in 1996. No, he, he was is not. not that character until late 1997. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things that give people a little bit of a fodder when they say this is a work. Yeah, because if Vince McMahon wanted to create that character, and Vince McMahon has created some great characters, this is an amazing way to create that character. It is. It's the perfect way to create. Mr. And, McMahon. And what Mr. McMahon becomes is, well, quite frankly, he becomes Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He becomes this maniacal millionaire, later billionaire, mm-hmm. who is the authority figure that all these wrestlers that will become synonymous with the game that will eventually clash with, whether or not it's Triple H, Shawn Michaels at one point, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, all these guys. The Rock, mankind. Yeah. I mean... All these guys will clash with Mr. McMahon. And even today, Mr. McMahon is a key figure of WWE programming. And it's a hard thing to overcome. Oh, yeah. Some people will say that, you know, this is... The McMahon character is what's going to save the WWE. I mean... Yeah, I mean the McMahon Austin feud yeah. is what that one turns the knee. Well, that and a lot of really bad booking in WCW. Yeah, that as well. But it's that you know Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be something. You know, he's had matches with Brett before this, the double turn match and things like that. He's he's becoming a a, a key figure in the company, mm-hmm. but he is not what he is without his foil. Yeah. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin is the everyman. Yeah. The hard working blue collar American. When yeah, Vince I mean McMahon's, like I mean it's 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 Superman versus Lex Luthor. It's yeah. you know Batman versus the Joker. It's although Superman versus Lex Luthor is probably a more apt description if Superman had Wolverine's personality. True. Because you know Stone Cold Steve Austin's like Trey the Trash. That's like a <laughs> whole gimmick <laughs> it is a gimmick to, to say the least i suppose but yeah well yeah but i mean uh, <laughs> i think it's actually not a gimmick i think that's just who stone cold steve austin is have you heard stone cold talk about bigfoot it's great oh i have not no we, no you haven't i have not okay you need to look that okay up. it's pretty funny um so we have the creation of the mr mcmahon uh character yeah. that comes which out is of this. so i mean we we cannot stress about now even now he still makes occasional appearances yeah. as a bad guy. Yeah, as a bad guy or... He did it for this most recent WrestleMania with yeah, Kofi Kingston. He is... Yeah, and it, it's something that... I mean, it just completely changes the world of the of WWE and WWF wrestling. Yeah. And it also, you know, the whole... To this point, you know, I can't think of... Because before this, you had... Was it Jack Tunney? Yeah, I can't think of any wrestling promotion. I mean, I guess they did it First, and, you know, Eric Bischoff wasn't the owner. 
of the oh, if you guys are hearing a little background noise there, the, the neighbors are having their uh, their lawn done right now. I hear a little uh, yeah. little blower out there, but it's fine. They got that lawn care money. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, now, before this, maybe Eric Bischoff was kind of like that authority figure that yeah, turned. I mean, yeah, like, but he they, wasn't the owner. Everybody yeah. knew that like Ted Turner wasn't coming out and being like, I'm Ted Turner and I'm here to body slam you or whatever. And I'm Ted Turner and I'm here to fuck a dog. Ted Turner. <laughs> I'm Ted Turner and it's time for you Ted to Tur- kiss my ass. Ted Turner is not going to come out <laughs> and wrestle a spotlight that represents God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. McMahon will do that. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Ted Turner's not going to have shit dropped on him oh, from the no. ceiling. No, Ted Turner is above all of this. Yeah. Uh, Ted Vince Tur- McMahon? Carney. Oh, Ted, <laughs> Ted Tur- <laughs> I think it's because Ted Turner, hey, super wealthy man. I think it's just because he's a mark. I think yeah. he's just like, I love the pro wrestling. Woo, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on that CNN. Well, they're too liberal for me. Oh, well, I love wrestling. <laughs> now, <laughs> um, Ted Turner, everybody. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Uh, <laughs> can I have like a mill? Can I have like a mill? Yeah. Can you can you break, just give me a spot on CNN? Yeah. Ted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll be the financial guy. <laughs> but you know, the, it completely does change the WWF because what WWF was before this mm-hmm. was very gimmicky. Oh yeah. It was, and by gimmicky, I don't mean like his gimmick is he's like a hard drinking redneck. I mean. His gimmick is that he dresses like a clown, and he is a clown. And he's evil. And he's evil. His gimmick is he was there when the atom bombs blew up, and the radiation gave him strength. Yeah. And now he's a wrestler. Uh, Yeah. Or Or he's he's an eccentric guy with money who dresses up like a dumb Power Ranger. (laughs) Oh, Wrestling guys, um, 1993 to 1996. Yeah, it was dark times. It was very bad times for the like. Here's our world champion. He's big. He's tall. He's a truck driver. So obviously his name is Diesel. Yeah. Here's a guy who comes to the ring with a trash can because he is a trash man. His name is Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Here's the goon. Oh, He's the goon. a hockey player. I, I contend to this day, the goon, who is a hockey playing wrestler, yeah. um, had the best wrestling boots of all time. Oh, yeah. Because they looked like ice skates. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, and then... Great. And then there was nails. There was nails. Who was, who was in a prison? Prison. Yeah. Uh, there was. If you guys are familiar with who would become the future mayor of Knox County, Kane, he was Isaac Yankum. DDS. But before that, he was even more prestigiously fake Diesel. Oh, true, true. Fake Diesel. He was fake yes. Diesel. That is that is the level of ideas that Vince McMahon was going through. Of, hey, what do I do? Those two guys left. Let's just have a fake version of it. You him? remember Bastion Booger? Bastion, oh my god. <laughs> Bastion Booger is the ugliest wrestler I have ever seen. He wore like a gimp, like the like the like harnesses. It wasn't even that though. It was like it was like it was Demolition's gear. But like spray painted silver? Yeah, it was it was spray painted to look like dirty rags. It was so gross. And he wore what looked like a diaper. Do do yourselves a favor. Go look, look up Bastion Burger with safe search off. Yes, and then also look up Shawn Michaels Playgirl with safe search safe search off. And 
see that these are two guys in a federation at the same time, and you can kind of figure out which one's going to the top. <laughs> No, no one, no one was, no one was uh, chomping at the bit for world champ Bastion. Um, Yo, I would mark so, out. Anyways. But we have the creation of Mister McMahon, who, for a generation of people, that's just who they know. They don't know Vince McMahon as a guy sitting at a desk going, "This is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Welcome you to no. w, uh, WWF." It's time for the Royal. Yeah, like you know, he'd been behind the scenes, and I mean, he does. Since then... I remember the first time I heard Vince on commentary. Because I, I didn't grow up yeah. when Vince was on commentary. Vince was on commentary until like the early 90s. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what the... F- who the fuck is this nasally geek on yeah. commentary? Yeah, with his and I was like, quaff. And yeah, and I was like, in his dumb blue suit and his tie. He was awful. And I was like, oh shit, that's Vince. Because... This, uh, we should make it very clear. There is Vince McMahon, and then there is Mr. McMahon. Oh, yeah. There you go. And they are... Or if you're Pat... Or not Pat Patterson, but um, the other one. The other one of those. Gerald Briscoe. Gerald Briscoe. He's Mr. McMahon. Yeah, Mr. McMahon, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they are two different people. And, and to his credit, ever since then, I mean, wrestling, even in like the shittiest of shitty indie promotions, yeah. can get cheap heat and... Faces over with a, you know, evil owner yeah. storyline, <laughs> and it's like one of the first things that people like from my, you know, people that grew up through that uh, that era. That's what they think of. It's like, well, we liked that. It was it was fun. Yeah. It gave you a clear bad guy. You're overcoming the odds. Yeah, and the bad guy always has more power. He always has, you know, he can make the odds insurmountable. Think, think about that dichotomy though. Of throughout the '80s, yeah, the like the top of the game was about. People trying to beat Hulk Hogan. Yeah. They were trying to beat the good guy. So it was like these evil people trying to beat the good guy. The repo man. Then, boom, 97 happens. Yeah. 96, 97, NWO and, and the Montreal Screwjob. And all of a sudden now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, because um, like even the NWO is based off the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Which is, you know, like there was an evil group of people, but they weren't, they didn't, they were wrestlers. Yeah, but they do bring in Eric Bischoff. And so you get that same kind of dynamic. But they now all of a sudden it's always about the face trying to overcome some sort of evil adversity. Evil guy, yeah. That's got that seemingly has it, it, it goes from being like Well, until you get to Super Cena. Well, yeah, but it, it goes from being like it's a David and Goliath story. Yeah. But I would argue that, you know, it used to be like Hulk Hogan is Goliath and the bad guys are trying <laughs> are the Davids. Yeah, it's like if Plankton was like his was going up against, you know, it, well, technically, it kind of is like Plankton versus Mr. Krabs. Because Mr. <laughs> hey, fuck you. That's a really good oh, analogy. I, I, I know. I'm just going to let you roll with it because I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. SpongeBob. So I know it's SpongeBob, but do you, I. Mr. Okay, Mr. Krabs. Okay, Mr. Krabs. He's the one that likes to dab. Yeah. Okay. Dab. Um, no, that's Squidward, you idiot. Oh, okay, whatever. I'm sure <laughs> they all like to dab. Mr. Krabs. Okay. Um, he okay. is the owner of the Krabby Pat, the Krusty Krab. Oh, okay, and he has the secret formula for the Krabby Patty, mm-hmm. which can be an allegory for the world title. Mr. Krabs is Hulk Hogan. He has that. Plankton is a tiny little little bitty plankton, you know. Okay. And Mr. Krabs is a big crab, big crab. Yeah. And, and then a tiny little little bitty plankton owns a restaurant across the street called the Chum Bucket, and he has no customers, while Mr. Krabs has all the customers. And so, his entire life is spent 
scheming, trying to get the Krabby Patty formula so he can make Krabby Patties at the Chum Bucket. Okay. Um, so, but Mr. Krabs is the good guy, mm-hmm. and Plankton is the bad guy. So, yeah, that's, Mr. Krabs okay, is Hulk Hogan. Okay, yeah. And then, uh, now it would be just like if, you know. You know. It, it's somebody versus Galactus. Well, now, it would, now it would be like Mr. Krabs and his Crab Shack, uh, whatever the hell it's called, uh, versus uh, Joe's Crab Shack and the evil corporate overlords or something like that. It, that it's Krusty Krab. Krusty Krab, right. Krusty Krab. There you go. Krusty Krab! Uh, okay, yes. Um, I know very little about Spongebob. It's a great show. You should really watch okay. it. I, I will definitely not get on that. Dude, it's so good. I did, they have wrestling episodes. I did enjoy the Flaming Lips Spongebob song, so I will say that from the movie. Yeah. That was good. Um, so it changes that whole dynamic of wrestling, though. Yeah. So everything that you are going to... But, I mean, even... Even... You brought up Super Cena, yeah. right? Even John Cena, yeah. at times, came up against the sort of corporate... Like, yeah, he came up against it, but you were like... It was at a point where you were like, you know he's going to fucking win. Yeah, and and part of that, I think, is because we got into the internet age where people were like, oh, the whole reason he's champion is that we've all of a sudden just realized that it's about t-shirt sales. Yeah, he's very marketable to yeah, children. You know, That's it. Like, That's why he'll never turn heel. Those like, Yeah, well, I mean, never say never. Wasn't that like his slogan? <laughs> Never give up, bro. Oh, oh. I never give up hope that for that John Cena heel turn. Can you give me a never give up cum rag? <laughs> he sells. Yes. He does sell never give up cum rags. By the way, a lot of these things I'm saying are occasional references to OSW Review, which is a great podcast. Um, now, a couple fun facts here as I get to my notes. Yes, I have notes. This is how nerdy I am. I don't. Yeah, he doesn't. Because um, I have a job. Do you know what the most... I have a job. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to catch that. I just don't have a job in the summer. I'm a teacher. Um, do you know what? So this happens on uh, February or no, November 9th, 1997. Yes. Do you know what uh, amazing moment happened a week after on November 17th in the world of pro wrestling? Something that had never happened before. In the history of pro wrestling, and probably would never happen again. Rick Rude mm-hmm. appears on both Raw and Nitro in the same night. Oh, because Raw had been pre-taped, pre-taped yeah. and Rick Rude, who was under contract with the WWF, but it was kind of up in the air and in flux. Mm-hmm. He hears he saw the Montreal Screw Job and goes. I don't want to work for that guy. And so goes back to the WCW where he had been for a little while um, because he had, and then on the same night, and this is, you talk about breaking kayfabe. Yeah. (laughs) Like you have on the exact same night, ravishing Rick Rude, just playing Rick Rude at this point, not the ravishing part is both on Monday night raw and on the live WCW nitro to this point and probably forever because now they would just be edited out. Yeah. This is the only time that you've had a wrestler that on the same exact night be on Raw and Nitro. Can we talk about how fucking great Rick Rude is, by the way? Rick Rude is uh, one of those, you know, Rick Rude is one of the reasons why people look back on the 80s and uh, the Hulk Hogan dynasty and say it's bullshit because Rick Rude is a guy who should have been world champion. God damn it. He's so fucking 
good. But like, that's the same thing we can say about the 2000s with John Cena is that there's so many guys that should have been world champions and they got chances too because they had two belts. But, you know, back in the day, Rick Rude, fantastic charisma. Like, oh, uh, he... Keep the noise down. <laughs> He is while I uh, take my robe off. His work with the ladies in the crowd and, and his the, fucking great porn stash. Oh, porn! The one of the best stashes in the world. Oh, and, and his his curly mullet. Oh, oh, it gets me hard. And his airbrush tight. Ravishing Rick Root airbrush tight. The one where he put Warrior's face on his junk is oh, my favorite. Intercontinental uh, title on his uh, ass. Yes, that is the absolute. I'm gonna give you guys. A little bit of sampling, if I can, here. Of uh, we're going off on a tangent, as Rick we said Rude's, we would do. But fucking uh, intro Rick music, Rude if I can. The best. Val Venus ain't got shit on Rick Rude. Oh, let's see if I can if I can find. Oh, uh, well, this says. Oh, that's an eight bit arcade one, man. Where can I find Ravishing Rick Rude's theme song? But Rick Rude, like two two episodes together. Now, I I thought this was interesting because. Uh, here's a question. I'll get this Rick Rude thing up pulled for you here, but here's a question. Um, when do you think the Attitude Era started? Okay, so yeah, there's a lot of contention yeah. about this point. Um, some people say, you know, it's uh, Mania 13, where Brett and Austin have the double turn match, mm-hmm. where, yeah. you know, Austin goes in as a bad guy and Bret Hart goes in as a good guy, and then through his tenacity, um, Austin, you know, he loses the match, but he refuses to give up. And Bret Hart uses some underhanded tactics. So then uh, by the end of the match, Bret Hart is now the bad guy and Austin's the good guy. And some people say that is a valid time when the um, Attitude Era starts. No, it's not. <laughs> because he then just goes and feuds with Savio Vega for a while. Yeah. And then also the other instance is the King of the Ring uh, in 96, I want to say, which is where the famous Austin 316 happens. Yeah. uh, Who was interviewing him? Oh, shoot. Is it Brother Love? No, no. It's it's Michael Michael P.S.A. as... I don't remember that. Doc Hendricks. Oh, Doc Hendricks. He was Doc Hendricks in WWF. Michael P.S.A. is famously one of the biggest pieces of shit. Oh, I know, but by God, I love Michael P.S. Hayes. I love the fabulous Freebirds. One of the best... This podcast is over. Dude. I hate the Freebirds. Like, they created the Freebird rule. Okay. I mean, look, a lot of great things happened. They created... Michael P.S. Hayes is one of those people that I can't excuse. They created entrance music. They created entrance music. How much... How much of pro wrestling that you love? They did create the rock and wrestling. Look, I'm not saying they're not important. Well, okay, I'm, I'm not saying I, I have like... to love Michael P.S. Hayes, but like, Fuck I can Hayes. love what the Freebird. Now, this seems like one that would be Michael P.S. Hayes is for anybody that doesn't know this is seems, a racist, this sexist like, piece of shit. Oh yeah, he's all those things. Yeah. Yes, just and still on WWE's payroll, by the way. Well, yes, definitely. Um, I was. Uh, Watch <laughs> Watch it all. I don't care. <laughs> Let's give you a little shot of this Rick Rude theme song here. Though. Oh, I need it. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
even. It, it is just straight up. I mean, you get you can imagine like a woman doing burlesque to that. Yeah, which yeah, you could imagine a woman doing burlesque to that. Which I think you just naturally created as a segue to this next thing we're going to do. Yes, I did. Which is we are going to talk about. Uh, I did a little pre-interview. Uh, we're going to pull up here with uh, a gentleman here, uh, Mr. Tom King, who uh, does the Digital Intercourse podcast here on the Sounds Tooth Network. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Download that Sounds Tooth app. Yeah, they uh, just released their 50th episode, so uh, check that just out. 50 episode they recorded in this studio last week. They'll be coming out, a pretty spicy one that I heard. They'll be coming out here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tom King, um, he is someone who believes thoroughly mm-hmm. that the Montreal screw job is a work. Yes. That it is not, by any stretch of the imagination, a shoot. And I, I, I heard Tom out, yeah. and... Uh, I'll make a few comments in this. This is the first that Ethan is going to hear of this. So I have not heard it. So I have discussed this with Tom has. previously on my own time. I will say this, um, but I have not discussed it at length with him. He just said, the Montreal screwdriver is a work, and I went, you're a fucking idiot. So I'm going to try to pull this up here. Let's see if we can get this going. Uh, and you could, so Ethan, you just listen as it goes here, once we get it going. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll comment on it when it's all done. Now, again, I have to get it. Hey, quick. everyone. There we go. Here we this go. This is Dustin here, and we have a special guest dropping in on the podcast right now. This is Tom King. That's me. I've been told that Mr. King here is a uh, legendary believer that the Montreal screw job was, in fact, a work. I'll, I'm a Montreal truther. Truther. That's a Montreal truther. Montreal truther. So Tom's just going to give us here a quick explanation of his thoughts i'm going to stay out of the way and then we're going to splice this in when ethan gets here and we're going to comment on you and just tear you a new one okay feel free to ask questions oh okay explain okay here we go uh okay so first of all we all know brett came from the hart family one of the most legendary pro wrestling families his father Stu was a promoter himself brett knows full well from the time he was a child you drop the belt before you leave the territory He's a wrestling purist. He's a traditionalist. He knows the right thing to do. Now, we also know Brett's a mark for Brett. Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. Hugely. Yes. But you know the right thing to do. Uh, on top of that, you would never, Brett would never, nobody would ever tell Stu when, when and how they're going to drop the belt when they know they're out the door. Stu would have brought them to the dungeon and stretched them like they were fucking Gumby. Like that would have never have happened. But. In Stu's era, is there anybody that is as obnoxious as Shawn Michaels? In any era, is there anyone as obnoxious as Shawn Michaels 97? I think that's the whole caveat we got underlying here, is that Shawn Michaels is noted douchebag. Right. Just Brett did not want to drop that title to a guy he considered to be the biggest motherfucker in all the WWF. So... So I know you're saying that Brett knows you got to go out on your back. It's the way you go. Right. So why do you think even more? If it were just that. Okay. Vince easily says, fine, we'll put it on Shamrock. We'll put it on whoever in the fuck. We'll put it on Austin. Next night on, on Raw, Michaels will come out, super kick the shit out of him, and we'll take the belt. Okay. That's an easy fix. If it's, if it's just Sean, how many times have we done a one night? Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. It happens. Uh, so that, that's, it's, if it were just that, okay. no problem. 
Uh, also, we have, what was it, Wrestling with Shadows that was being filmed at the yes, time? at the time. Okay, and this recording started after contract negotiations had already opened with WCW. It's true. Vince already knew, at this point, you've seen enough talent move, you know WCW is going to make an offer that Vince can't match. Well, Vince actually told Brett to go get a contract yeah. with WCW. Yeah. So, so he already knows, that, knows all this yeah. before... The film crew comes in to record all of this. All right. To go watch, to go watch the the work that is a shoot, <laughs> the shoot work, the shoot, work. the work that everyone thinks is a shoot. Now here's my key component. All the guys from the Click, Shawn okay. Michaels is all his, his big buddy buddies. Kevin Nash, Triple H, X Pac, all those. Guys. Yeah, the all click. those guys. Scott Hall. They will first of all say, oh, I don't know, I never talked to Sean about it. Bullshit. <laughs> There's no way you've never talked. Maybe at the time, you don't call him the next day, but 20 years later, you've had that conversation. Yeah. They're just fucking working us for that. I don't know what that thing. Uh, here's my biggest point. It all happens. He, Brett spits on him. They go backstage. Brett's fuming mad. Vince walks in there, and Brett decks him. Famous punch, everybody. Famous knows. punch. Knocked Lift, him the fuck out. Lifted him off his feet. Away. Off his feet. Blacked his eye. Blacked his eye. He wasn't. He was rolled his eye. ankle allegedly. Yeah, uh, and then the film crew catches Vince walking out of the the office after this happened, selling. He's staggering around. He's got that dumb look on his face, like he just took a stone cold stunner. There's no way Vince is selling that if the whole thing's a shoot. Vince has too much ego for that. He's gonna take the punch. He's gonna sit back there, compose himself. And then walk out and goddamn pal, we just had a little conversation. He's not selling it. The fact that he's selling it makes it a work. The fact that he's selling it makes it a work. So it's strong evidence that it's a work. Strong. Okay. Well, I, you know that is something I've never thought of in that regard. That Vince is selling it back. I just sort of always think that Vince is always selling, though. Right, because he's usually working people. Well, yeah, but I mean, like. I think once he knew what happened, they immediately went back to that room and started planning the fallout from it. I mean, he's on TV the next night giving an interview with the famous Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. Right. I think he had a plan. Of course he did. That's what, I don't it was think, a work. But do you think Bret's in on this? Of course. You think What does Bret Hart benefit from this? He gets to not only just go out on top. I mean, he went out as the biggest story in wrestling. It's still potentially one of the top five all-time stories oh, in wrestling. There's a reason why we're leading off with it in this right. podcast. Yeah. So you're walking out of the company as the biggest story in wrestling. He knows he's going to go down south, and he's got to compete with the egos of Hogan, which he's already dealt with. And now there's Hall and Nash that have he have more power in WCW than they ever did in WWF. And, and, more, and power they, than, more power than they should have had. <laughs> probably true, yeah. <laughs> So he's got to take something with him to make sure he's one of the top guys and doesn't get buried by all the Hogan, all the Savage, National Hall, all the other politics that everyone knows is happening at WCW at that time. So if you go down there and you walk in the door as the biggest by God story in the history of wrestling, they're going to use that and make you one of their top guys. Now they didn't, but... <laughs> no, they didn't. They fucked it up beautifully, as only WCW could. But the thought process when you're sitting in a room with Pat Patterson and Vince McMahon planning your escape, you can make yourself the biggest story in wrestling so that they have to use you. But would he not have been a bigger story with the title? He had Vince. 
Of course he would. Up. If he left as WWF champion and showed up on Monday Nitro, a la Alondra Blaze or Medusa or whatever, with the winged eagle, I mean, that changes some history right there. You it's been they, done. Well, I mean, sure, it's, it's a big thing. Done. It's a big thing, but like you just said, oh, like Alondra Blaze. Oh, yeah, Bret Hart did the thing that somebody else did last year. Well, it'd also be the huge deal like when Ric Flair showed up at the WWF with the world title. Right, so we have two, two things. Instances. We have two incidents of it happening. Right. Or you do something unfucking precedented. Well, that hasn't happened since, what, the 40s? Well, actually, in my research, in the 80s, Wendy Richter was screwjobbed yeah. out of by Fabulous Moolah because of some money discrepancies. But yeah, again, Wendy Richter. But that right. wasn't nearly even and at the fabulous time. Fabulous Moolah was, not was as big just constantly story. screwing in anything and everybody. So right. It's, it's but like, even at the time, that wasn't nearly as big a story as this true. was. That's true. Jim Cornette on the the not thirty for thirty, but the Vice Land. The Vice Land. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Vice Land. He mentioned it happened in Montreal back in like the thirties or forties mm-hmm. or no, sometime yeah, back it, in the day. Yeah, apparently it was a uh, big in Japan to happen a lot too because uh, Vader was. Uh, uh, telling Brett, don't you know? Allegedly, Vader's like saying, "Don't lay on your back" or anything like this too long. Apparently, happens a lot over in J- Japanese wrestling in the '80s and '90s. So, yeah. well, Tom, I'm not going to say that you've 100% convinced me. I get what you're saying, and it is pro wrestling, and we work me. That's what we want. Just work me as hard as you can. That's I, I know. I, I know you guys were just filming or recording your podcast, where work me as hard as you can probably fits into that a little bit more too. But I see what you're saying. I'll find out what Ethan has to say about this. So, Tom, thanks for being here. Tom, tell everybody who you are, what you're doing, and we'll plug you in our, our show. Uh, my name is Tom King. I am the MC for the Moonlight Minx Parade Burlesque and Variety Troupe here in town. Uh, I do ringside announcing for Elote Lucha Libre Wrestling. Uh, and I do have a podcast called Digital Intercourse that I host uh, with comedian Lauren Turner. Uh, we talk about all types of sex and dating and kink and non-monogamy and anything that is human sexuality. Uh, we talk about it in a very casual and real way with a shame-busting podcast built right in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Oh, the heart of the buckle of the Bible Belt. Right. So, uh, well, I've listened to it a few times, and uh, i got to say it's good quality content. And uh, So everybody needs to check that out. Is, is that on a network? Uh, it is on the Soundstooth oh, Network. Oh, it's on the Soundstooth yeah, Network. You can also, imagine, imagine how that works. Right, yeah. and isn't, isn't, isn't that a funny... It's, it's amazing how yeah. it works. So. The, the sounds too screw job. Well, Tom, we're definitely going to have you on again. Love we'll, it. We'll let you pick... So, we'll let you pick any moment, any character, anything you want to talk about in the future. We'll have you on for a full episode. You can school us on what you know as we try to school everybody else. Cool. Thanks for being here, Tom. Check out his podcast. Thanks, Tom, once again. Go check him out at Belote and go catch out a, a burlesque show. Uh, Moonlight Minks, follow look on Facebook. You'll see him posted all the time. Thanks, guys. All right. What a fucking mark. <laughs> what a fucking mark. Now, I I got to I got to say before we uh before we continue on, uh, after Tom left, uh he he did send me one last uh little stinger here. Uh-huh. Uh, just just saying that this is a key part. So also, you have to have the Wrestling with Shadows film crew there or no one believes that the screw job is a legit screw job if all you have is wwf cameras in the ring filming what happened in the ring then people assume the whole thing was working you can never make people believe it was a legit screw job without the wrestling with shadows crew and that's why the wrestling with shadows crew was there
All right. So, Ethan, mm-hmm. thoughts? So, other than just being a complete mark, what, what holes would you poke in Mr. King's, Mr. King's theory? Uh, Vince wouldn't do that as a work because it would help out his main competition. So, you know, and I, I don't want to say, and I, as I told, as I told uh, Tom, uh, you know, he, he didn't convince me. And I, I, I am not convinced that this is, and I think when we, when we look at it, I don't think that Brett was part of it. No. But I do think that Vince was prepared to make the most out of it. Yeah. I mean, so... The, well, this wasn't like, you know what? I'm going to do this now, yeah. damn it. And, and so, like with all things in wrestling, it is, you know, a shoot that turned into a work. Yeah, I, 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 there's a quote I remember um, regarding conspiracies... Which is what this is. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, oh, so much of wrestling is just conspiracy. Yeah. Things. But the, there's a quote I remember is like, um, conspiracies assume people are a lot smarter than they are. And most people are pretty fucking dumb. But Vince isn't. No, Vince is. I'm going yeah. to go on record and say Vince is nowhere near the genius people think he is. For every good idea, he has had. Hundreds True. of shit ideas. True, and, and yeah, we do have these these moments that you know he lucks into. But yeah, I mean, he is still a showman, and he still, still knows how to get the most out of a moment. But I don't think Vince is nearly as smart as people give him credit for. Now, we did not talk about the wrestling with shadows, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I had forgotten about the whole wrestling with shadows thing. Yeah. Do you have any? Knowledge on the Wrestling with Shadows documentary. I know of it, and I've like I, seen bits and pieces. I, see, I what was it about? I I really don't know. It was just following Brett to follow Brett or something. I thought it was a documentary just about the oh fuck, what was it about? I you know because it just I, I'm getting it mixed up with Beyond the Mat. Yeah, no, okay, so here we go. Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. Yeah, it was just. Is a 1998 documentary film directed, produced, blah, 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 blah. Uh, follows Bret the Hitman Hart during his last year in the WWF for his World Wrestling Federation victory at SummerSlam to his final match at the infamous Montreal Screwjob. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, now, I, again, not to be, you know, not to firmly follow the side of Tom King here, but why the hell does Vince let that happen? Well, Vince, Vince has his the crew there? They were doing a documentary about Brett that he was going to sell. But it wasn't a WWF promotion, production. This is, a, this is a Canadian film. Like, this is a Canadian film distributed by Vidmark and Trimark. This is well, not... It's, it's, still, it's still publicity. It is publicity, but I mean, you're giving, again, publicity... Also, Brett's been like his okay. homeboy. Now, but you're also... But you just said you're not going to give Brett the Hitman heart all this publicity right before he goes to WCW, your biggest competitor, yet you're going to let him film a documentary? Well, here's the thing about that. Like, if you think about it, it's... It's... The thing with filming the documentary, at the very least, I feel like Vince would do something... Like, Brett gave him, like a, like a you know what? I'll do this favor for you. Okay. You know, it's going to save you some money. I will back out of the contract. Right? I can see why he would be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do this documentary. It's Canadian, you know. <laughs> Brett fucking 
Listen, Brett. The twelve people up there don't like WCW, so it's Brett's all good. a huge mark for Canada. Oh yeah, like it's like Brett is a huge mark for Brett, and then Brett is a huge mark for yes. Canada. Those are his two: Bret Hart and Canada, the two yeah. things that Bret Hart loves. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I just I, I worry that I'm backing my way into thinking that this is a is a, is a work, but uh, uh, you know, I'll leave it up. It's fun. It's fun debate to have. Yeah. Uh, to the varying degrees, uh, and as, uh, as as Tom alluded to, there is a uh, recent Viceland episode, uh, the you know Dark Side of the Ring or whatever they're calling it, mm-hmm. um, about the Montreal screw job. And as I will say with all of those, take it all with a grain of salt when you're dealing with Jim Cornette and Eric Bischoff and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Anything you see on those uh, can be a little bit uh, a little bit sketchy. Uh, yeah. And just realize that every time in pro wrestling, someone's trying to work with work. Yeah, you. I mean, the, I I I'll say this: like organic moments do happen in wrestling. Um, you know, not. I feel like there's this like belief because some people are fucking marks mm-hmm. that everything in wrestling is planned. No, oh, yeah. And it's not. It's fucking not. Not everything yeah. in wrestling is planned. Yeah. Some shit just falls into place. The Daniel Bryan story. The Kofi Kingston story. You know, sometimes the Tommaso Ciampa feud. Yeah. With Johnny Gargano. There are, there are lots of instances of... Where real life events just cause things. I, I think with this one, though, the thing that separates it apart a little bit is that at some point there is a level of planning that has been done. Yeah. Right. There is some level of planning, but like, here's the thing. Maybe, maybe Vince, maybe Vince knows he's going to screw Brett months in advance. Mm-hmm. Maybe he knows he's like, you know what? He's not going to drop the belt to Sean. I don't want to take this risk. I'm not doing it. I'm going to screw him under the belt. I in no way think Brett is a part of this. I in no, yeah. there's no. There's nothing in my mind that says Brett is a part of this. I can see that a lot of people may have been a part of this. You know, to to my knowledge, only three people are like well known to have been integral parts of this moment, which are uh, Hebner, Vince, and Sean. Yeah. Um, and if you believe Jim Cornette, it was his idea. Yeah. If you believe Jim Cornette. And if you believe Vince Russo, it was Vince Russo's idea. Yeah. Like, um, now the, the questions that I, I'll, I'll just a few questions throw at you. Um, why not just have Brett drop the title to someone else and then have Shawn Michaels come out and super kick the guy and take the belt? Um, I don't think anybody at the time was ready for the belt. I mean, you could have put it on Austin. You could have put it on, you can, there's always someone there that's, well, the Undertaker's there. The Undertaker's there. Well, wasn't the Undertaker in an angle with someone at the time? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go back and look at at the roster and see what's going on. And also, in Vince's mind, the less people involved in this situation, the better. That's true. Um, There's well, a lot of moving parts, you know. And also, like, like if he if he just puts the belt on someone, like, yeah. First of all, the only guy that Brett might be willing to drop the title to at this time is Taker, right? Probably. Yeah. Um, why the f- if if Sean just the next night just super kicks Taker and wins the belt, that makes yeah. Taker look weak. But so I guess we look at it as a, a, a timeline situation, and I guess it's maybe I guess he won the belt at SummerSlam. Yes. Right. So he's won the belt at SummerSlam. 
And you have enough time. I know how... I have a pretty decent understanding how wrestling works. Summer Slam's in August. Yeah. Survivor Series is in November. Yeah. You got August, September, October, November. You have enough time to build someone up in a feud with Brett that might not be at the top tier at that time. It's possible, but maybe he doesn't know. Because when did Brett say he was willing to leave the contract? Yeah, and see, I guess that's sort of the, the vagueness of a lot of this, is there's not... There's no one that's been like able to like give a distinct date. I'm not date. saying it's definitely not a work. Oh, okay. But I am saying I think it is highly unlikely. Highly, and again, yeah, I do. I think there's too many moving parts. I think there's, you know, there's so much of it. I think is just coincidence, and you know, like no, no such thing as coincidence. Fuck you. Oh my there's god, such a thing as coincidence. So, so. <laughs> I I have uh, for this podcast and researching these things. I've pulled up some some gems of websites past. Like hot, I went to an Angel Fire site the other day. <laughs> uh, now here is the let's say he won the title in uh, August. Here is the WWF roster from 1997 in September. Here, let's see who he could have uh, could have gone with. It's going to get pretty bad pretty quick. Um, okay, there's Brett. Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Owen, uh, The Sultan, oh boy, a aging and deteriorating Yokozuna, yeah. uh, Rockabilly, Savio Vega, mm-hmm. Spark Plug Bob Holly, who was a race car driver, yeah. uh, The British Bulldog, Henry O. Godwin, mm-hmm. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, who is not Triple H yet. This is and and this is Hunter Hearst Helmsley who is still being punished. Yeah, for the curtain. Yeah, call. Gold Dust. Leaf Cassidy, who is Al Snow, yeah. uh, Ahmed Johnson, Stone Cold, Phineas, Big Van Vader, Mankind, The Wild Man, Mark Marrow, Brian Pillman, Farouk, Crush, The Word's Strongest Man, Mark Henry, Barry Windham, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, uh, the fake Diesel, and the fake Razor Ramon, <laughs> Jesse James, Philip LaFon, oh man, we are getting down, uh, a very young Rocky Maivia. Thrasher, Brackus, Tiger Ali Singh, Hawk and Animal, Scott Taylor, D'Lo Brown. Okay, yeah, I don't think there's anyone there to drop the belt to. Yeah, and let the... me look at let me look at '97. Who Taker was feuding with? So 1997 Survivor Series. You, I'm just gonna look at the yeah, card. You you could have probably maybe built up Davy Boy Smith. I, maybe, I but I. But I mean, they like but so Vince. Think about that. Like that would have been a great one to build up, and then the next night. Have Shawn Michaels come out, super kick, and bury him. Yeah, like that would have worked out uh, amazingly well for Vince. This is the part of the podcast where we look up things on our phone. It's the best part of every podcast ever known to man. Do, 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 do. Look it up. Oh wait! Oh, is oh. this when? Oh, I think Taker was written off TV at this time. Oh, because this is when Kane is feuding with Mankind. Oh, uh, okay. So, so really, your your only options are. Austin and Sean. Austin and Sean. And unless you want to build up Owen or Davy Boy. Yeah, and and uh, Sean, or I'm sorry, Owen and Stone Cold are in a feud right. for the uh, Intercontinental Title. Okay. And Davy Boy is backing up Owen. Okay, but that still seems like you could throw. You could have like done something there. But well, let me see. 
Now I gotta look up oh, what no. they were doing on SummerSlam. Oh no. Okay. Seeing what they're doing on SummerSlam. Listen, I fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. No. <laughs> okay. Um Yeah, Mankind is fighting Helmsley. Yeah, British Bulldog at SummerSlam is feuding with Shamrock for the European title. Okay, so this could have easily... You have four months to heat Stone up. Stone Cold something. and Owen were feuding at SummerSlam. Okay, so they Stone were, Cold and Owen, they're, they're, in a, they're in a long, drawn-out. So so legitimately, I think, we're our only recourse and here. And Undertaker had been the champion previously. Okay. And then SummerSlam is the match... Where Sean was a special guest referee. Okay. And super kicked Undertaker, which won Brett the title. Okay. So they were building up to this already. There we go then. So, well, is there anything else you think we need to talk about with this lovely little event that is the Montreal Screw Job? Um, I mean, look, it it is an infamous moment in wrestling because it kicked off the Attitude Era. It introduced Vince McMahon. It made Sean even more hated. Um, you know, it, it also got rid of, I mean, it was going to happen anyways, but it got rid of one of the biggest stars in the company. Yeah. It w- and that is a thing that Brett was going to be gone no yeah. matter what. Um, and then as we alluded to with Tom, WCW is going to go squander Bret Hart uh, tremendously uh, in his run there. It, the Attitude Era, and we keep dropping Attitude Era, Attitude Era. That is the, the era that puts WWE back on the map yeah. after the mid-90s and that lull there. That's your Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's your Triple H doing questionable blackface. <laughs> Things like that. Uh, which, not even really blackface if you're doing The Rock, because he's Samoan, but I don't know. Oh, how. he's half black. Okay. All right. So... Uh, that's true. But also you had X-Pac doing Mark Henry. Uh, yes, there is no question. Yeah, which is... Blackface is unacceptable, but X-Pac trying to be Mark Henry is uh, pretty funny. However, so, the guy that got to impersonate Owen Hart was really good. I, yeah, I, I have to check it out again. I don't remember that part. So Yeah, it's really good. But seminal moment changes the face of wrestling. Whether or not you believe it's a work or a shoot, that's up to you. Yeah. But... Uh, I think Jim Cornette said it in the uh, dark side of the ring. If you believe it's a work, you're a fucking idiot. Um, I'm still going to fall on the side that I just think that there was a lot of planning around it. I don't know if Vince McMahon knew it was going to create the McMahon character. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Vince McMahon is not a genius, but he is good at capitalizing on a situation. It sounds like someone I know that might be friends with Vince McMahon that's really powerful and oh Linda yeah Linda (laughs) Linda McMahon Linda McMahon Uh, boy I am looking forward to the potential seminal moment we may have this October if a certain person shows up on Smackdown out of the blue as been reported by the the dirt sheets as of late we are of course talking about our president and WWE Hall of Famer Donald J. Trump a man that Ethan loves so much. <laughs> he's he's death staring me now. I want to eat his Cheeto hair. <laughs> All right, Ethan. Do you have anything that you got coming up? Any shows or anything like that? I think you got something at a. Uh, you know, probably this probably won't be out by then, but four seven three is a bar in Tulsa that I will be doing monthly showcases at. Um, 
So definitely come uh, go check those out. They'll be August first, and then uh, every and then every two Saturday or two Thursdays, like uh, then following not the following Thursday, but the Thursday after, we'll be doing an open mic, and then the other Thursday after that one, we'll do another showcase. So yeah, but that's really all I've got to promote right now. Uh, I do not have any shows. I will be winding down as trivia host at the Starlight uh, by mid-August. So if you want to come out to Starlight and play trivia on Wednesday nights at 8, feel free to do that. Keep doing that even when I'm not hosting it because it's a great little bar here in Tulsa. Um, Ethan, is there, just to round out today's show before we we leave everybody, Mm -hmm. um, is there anything, just a little, any video, just something quick you would tell people to go look for some wrestling fun on the YouTubes? Any like specific videos? Yeah, just anything. What do you think you would go? Just give me a video. Just send people out to a video to watch. Okay, uh, a great video to watch, I think, in regards to professional wrestling would be um, just the channel Wrestling with Regret. Okay. It it talks about a lot of the really awful moments in wrestling. Does. Like a lot of I, I do follow the Wrestling and Regret channel on YouTube, and it is a uh, they'll do full pay-per-view reviews from the past and everything else. It's a it's a great little channel, and I I will say there are a decent amount of uh, wrestling channels on YouTube. Uh, and uh, my favorite for news recaps and everything else is uh, I guess my recommendation will be Wrestle Talk. I like Wrestle Talk out of out of uh, England. There's a lot of English people that like wrestling. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. We'll be back next week. What do we want to talk about next time, Ethan? Uh, next time, ooh boy. Well, we talked about something really, really serious, I yeah. think, in this one. So, I think next week... Gobbledygooker. We'll... <laughs> Hector Guerrero. Keep it in the Survivor Series, fam. Dear God, no. Um, I do not think we'll talk about Gobbledygooker. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think of a, a hilarious... You know what? Okay, what? Can we just cover the Mark Henry saga? The saga of the world's strongest man. The world's strongest man. Yeah, we'll cover Mark Henry. So next week, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Yeah. And uh, you can go look up some sexual chocolate. And if you want to get a little research on this one, look up the birth of the hand in the WWE. It'll get you going. Thank you guys for listening to us. We'll be back again later. Take it easy. Bye-bye.